Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your source for outdoor gear in interior Alaska. It's a locally owned, longtime Fairbanks business that I've shopped at since I was a kid, and they've always done a great job of carrying a wide variety of quality, proven gear that'll tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to. Frontier Outfitters always stays current with gear for the season, and whether you're bear baiting in the spring, fishing or dip netting in the summer, looking for game bags and gears for moose camp in the fall, or need to stock up on trapping lures, get a new spud bar, or just need some bait for your winter burbot sets, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, lots of guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as gun safes. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find your snow machine and ATV accessories like sleds and hitch pins, gun boots, hot grips, as well as a full selection of marine and boating parts and accessories. They really go out of their way to stock quality, useful equipment, and it's truly one of those great hometown sporting goods and hardware stores that every town needs to have. Whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on that never-ending home improvement project, or you just need to rehandle an axe, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location out in North Pole, so make sure you stop in there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Real Estate, a local brokerage that can cover your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area, whether it's residential, commercial, or just undeveloped property. The Hedgecocks have been active in the Fairbanks and North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and have put together a team that really reflects the diverse needs of homebuyers in interior Alaska. With a brokerage team made up of multi-generation Fairbanks locals, transplants, and military veterans, they really understand the unique aspects of living in the interior and what that means when it comes to shopping for a home in general, buying land to build a home, and they also understand the situations that many military members are in when needing to buy or sell a home in Fairbanks. This is really a unique place to live, and whether it's learning why some houses have water-holding tanks instead of wells, how much it'll cost to heat a given house, or just what recreational opportunities are close by, they're here to help you. More than simply acquiring or building a piece of property, they can help you find the right property in the right place and help you learn from their experience. The Hedgecock Group offices are on Noble Street in Fairbanks, and if you want to get in touch with them, visit www.fairbanksakhomes.com. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, sitting down with our neighborhood narcissist, everybody's favorite <laughs> Temple Dillard. And we brought someone who's not afraid to tell him to, I don't know. Calm the fuck down. To, to, to calm down and, and get him feeling a little more human than Uncle Tracy. Appreciate real. it. I, I was <laughs> He'll getting, tell you whatever he thinks. <laughs> I was getting close to pulling a Julius Caesar, you know, hiring a man to whisper in my ear, you're just a man. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what would you do without your friends to, right. to talk shit to you, Temple? Remind you. Make other friends. <laughs> we get this group text we got going. He's sending us pictures of his sled all tore apart. Oh, oh if you don't change your bearings and all. I was like, I haven't touched my bearings. My sled's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Mine might have been fine or it might have made me walk again. Yeah, I don't know. 
I didn't plan on it. I was just trying to drain the chain case oil, but the Yamaha technicians or engineers put the drain plug in the tunnel where where it's almost up against the track. So I was trying to get at it. Well, it turns out on that model year, the bear, the driver, the track driver might slide over and keep that from coming all the way out. So then I had to deal with that. And then dealing with that, I find all the bearings in the skid dry. So now I'm dealing with that. It's just a litany of things. So your one-hour job ended up being four or five days? Yeah, I'm still waiting on in parts. All, <laughs> in all fairness, that does sound like a real mechanican job. Yeah. It's horrible. Like they're changing a fuel pump in uh, one of those is like eight, late 80s, early 90s Suburbans that Grandma had. Yeah. Or, I mean, 70s maybe. I don't even yeah, I don't I don't remember. remember but I remember that was. one she had when I was a kid. We had to change the fuel pump on that thing, and it took me and Dad like two days. Till Uncle Chucky told us a little trick of hooking a like a, a metal coat hanger, making a little hook and run it down there. Because the deal was, what you the fuel pump wasn't in the tank; you could get to it and mm-hmm. take it off. But as soon as you took it off, there's this rod that dropped down oh. that the fuel pump like actuated, and so you got to get you know reach down there, get the new fuel pump lined up correctly while lifting that rod up and slapping it on there. So you. Mm. What ended up working is using a piece of wire to lift that rod and slap it on there and put bolts in and <clears throat> something like that. Well, my dad wasn't too bad, but I was I do get a kick out of those memes. Um, like like you can't hurt my feelings. You ever tried to <laughs> ever tried to hold a flashlight for your dad when he's working on a truck? Oh man. Yeah. That yeah. None of that ever occurred with me, but it's but I definitely get it. <laughs> oh man, I could never hold the light right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should have paid more attention. It'd be easier to do these things if I paid more attention. Yeah, you should, Temple. You just go around thinking you know everything. And you're driving a Yamaha. Yeah. I mean with the exception of a Bravo, maybe that'd be yeah. one. Wait, thing, did you vote for Biden? He probably no. did. <laughs> Hi, old Biden. Right. <laughs> Jesus. What a mess that was, huh? Oh, it still is. <laughs> I can live where it's not a mess anymore in my head if I want to. Oh, man, that's a, it's a scary thing, really. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, I'm fortunate. Well, in this whole everything going on, just glad we live up here. Yeah. We're a bit insulated there's still some kooks running around slightly here slightly insulated yeah they just um, left-wing liberals they uh they scare me oh, <laughs> i yeah. hate to say it on me but uh, they're staying they're just scary oh yeah no kidding yeah I mean, that with people let their aggressive dogs run loose that's why i got a <laughs> bum ankle that i'm medicating with beer here <laughs> today well, I was upstairs today and um faith taking taking the kids outside and just hear us barking, look out, big old, you know, shepherd-looking dog. Like in your coming, yard? In the yard, like coming at the kid, like barking and snarling. So naturally, I grabbed the rifle out of the... Naturally. Grab the rifle and go running down the stairs and pop. Uh, and so I go hopping to the door. <laughs> and they, they got in at the same time. Unfortunately, the guy that was not, didn't have it on a leash was working on that, but... So there wasn't any kind of confrontation, but <laughs> then I rolled around on the ground crying <laughs> for a little bit. That Once the crisis was averted, the tears oh, started flowing. It hurts. You uh, got to take care of business. It first. still hurts, but I, I don't think I think or it's a good time of year to have that type yeah, of injury. No doubt. 
But uh, I guess before we get going too much, um, it's kind of sad that I actually have business to talk about on this freaking podcast. But uh, um, so email was sent in by, uh, uh, sorry if I butcher your name, John, John Potus, or I think Potus is how to pronounce. He wanted to let us know from the last one that Frank and Nick aren't here, but they're mm. going to listen to it. They better. That a spike buck is a Uper 11 point, <laughs> not an eight, not a Uper eight point because it looks like an 11. <laughs> uh, this dude lives right by Escanaba and he said his buddy supplied all the guns for the Escanaba and the Moonlight wow. movie that we were talking about. That's funny. But uh, have you, you've seen that, haven't no. you? Oh, what the? No. It's worth well, watching. It's, it's worth it. watching. It's super funny and then it gets super weird. What's it called? It does get Escanaba in the Moonlight. It's an old like northern Michigan deer hunting movie with Jeff Daniels. Uh-huh. That's funny. Yeah, he's You uh, get a kick out of it. He's a, a brother in a serious deer hunting family. He's 40 some years old and he's jinxed he can't ever shoot a buck. His wife will walk into the backyard and come back with one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's Yeah, it's like a big story. His 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 uh what he's going to be the oldest guy in his family to never kill a buck. Yeah. <laughs> call him the buckless youper. <laughs> anyway, it's very funny. Yeah, especially for yeah, for a guy like me never not being from that part of the country, I'm sure it makes a lot more sense even, but it, it's funny. It's good. Yeah. Um I guess I probably ought to we probably ought to read a couple shit my pants stories. <laughs> There's been a few good ones good ones coming in. Um it's like where do I even where do I even start at the first? There's one, one that's not actually a shit your pants story. I'll probably save that one for next time. It, he the guy thought it was like a, a pucker factor is what I was talking. I was literally talking about shit in your pants. But this story is good, so I'm probably going to save that till next time. Um, there's one. Oh, these are so many good ones. All right, all right. First one's from listener named Marshall. <laughs> Says, all right, and he does some guiding and stuff up here, and I'm not sure what cape he's talking about exactly, but he says, while guiding down on the cape, I was taking this old fat guy that couldn't walk 50 feet without getting out of breath down the beach to hopefully find a bear on this dead whale. We were on two separate four-wheelers, and while crossing a creek that hits the ocean, my wheeler died. When attaching the winch from his wheeler to mine to pull it out, a rogue wave knocked me down and flipped over my wheeler in the surf. After recovering it, we drug it down the beach to high ground and secured it to a tree since it wasn't running. Tide is coming up and we're several miles from camp. All of a sudden he says, I've got to take a shit. Then he goes, nope, never mind. I just shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> nope, never mind. Uh, so he did big time. <laughs> so he took 20 minutes cleaning out his pants, getting covered in shit, and we both had to ride out on his wheeler to get back to camp oh. and get cleaned up. That was the second out of three times he shit himself on the trip. Oh, <laughs> old geez. shit pants, we called him. <laughs> so he also insisted on helping with the cooking, and we all got sick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. That's terrible. So this other this is a good one, too. It says, I moved to Colorado about a decade ago from Ohio. Naturally, many... Many of my Midwestern friends used this to their advantage and traveled out to hit the slopes and enjoy some life above sea level. I wanted to show my friends a good time, so we headed out to Vail to chase some snow bunnies and shred some epic gnar, or whatever the kids are calling it these days. Huh? It's skiing terms. Okay. After closing down one of the bars our first night drinking way too many Jaeger bombs, that's your first mistake. 
four hours of sleep was all my body needed to get the get in the chair the next morning. All my body except my liver and lower intestines. After about two runs down the mountain, I knew something wasn't right in my midsection. We ventured over the mountain to the back bowls, and I started to sense some leaking. Oh, no. <laughs> we made it to the bottom oh, no. of the run where I fa- luckily found one of those awesome Forest Service outhouses that are dug 15, 20 feet deep. I quickly diagnosed myself with a bad case of the trots. I did the math and realized I could stay on the ski run and get back down the hill in time to the outhouse before my next discharge. I told my, <laughs> I told my friends to go on without me. I was skiing on this run the rest of the day. After about three runs, I was dialed. Ride chair up, ski back down, shit my brains out, and repeat. (laughs) About that time, I noticed the lift lines were starting to get a little longer, but was determined to stick with my routine. I was waiting in the the lift line and had hit the point of no return. I was in the single lane where, have you ever been skiing before, Temple? No. All right. Not like that. I have no idea what you said. Single lane where all four rope lanes filter in, and I knew something bad was about to happen. I waddled up to the front, and just as the chairlift circled in front of me, my innards gave out with total ass explosion. Oh, God. <laughs> Very similar to Hurricane Dune. Oh. I panicked for a second, standing there with heavily soiled base layers, and realized the lift attendant was yelling at me. My chair was about to scoop me up, and I wasn't at the right spot. I pushed forward, and the fast-moving chair quickly compacted everything that had just occurred. <laughs> I thought only infants could shit up their back. I was wrong. (laughs) The chair ride felt like an eternity. I think the lift stopped three to four times. I looked around and thought to myself, don't mind me. I'm just sitting here in my own feces 30 feet off the ground. (laughs) I called out to a single lady skiing below me. She waved and smiled back. She had no idea I'd just shit my pants and was still sitting in. (laughs) When I finally got off the lift, I decided to head down the front of the mountain and clean myself up. As I made my way towards the lodge, it felt like someone poured a can of SpaghettiOs down my pants. I could start feeling it running down my left leg. I finally made it back to the lodge and walked into the shower, still fully clothed. That night, I drank Pepto like I drank those Jaeger bombs the night before, (laughs) and all was well. That is graphic and detailed. You can just feel it. It's horrible. Thanks. Uh, Last one for tonight. So this uh, dude named Angelo. So, So I worked at a power plant in eastern Montana, and we had a pretty ruthless crew. There was never a shortage of jokes, and very little was sacred, like working on one of these jobs around here. We had one guy, though, that didn't just, just didn't fit in. He was a nice guy and was in over his head with the job, couldn't tell a joke, didn't hunt or fish, and was into video games. Since he didn't fit in, are you into video games? Are we talking about you, Tim? No, I, okay. I fucking right. don't play video <laughs> games. Right. He was spared from the hellacious ridicule that the rest of us got from each other. He was a big, awkward, greasy dude that nobody wanted to work with. So one day at lunch, we were all doing our thing like we normally did which included eating lunch for most of us but for him playing video games on his phone after i finished my lunch i got got up to walk out of our shop and another co-worker was walking towards me we met in the aisle at one of the most disturbing scenes i've ever seen at work it was the dude's chair soiled chair that appeared to have been left hastily and was pushed into the middle of the aisle mm. my co-worker and i looked at the chair with what looked like cat or dog vomit on it then back at each other with very puzzled looks Finally, one of us broke the silence and asked, is that what I think it is? Sure enough, he'd been so enthralled with his video game that he geysered shit out of the top of his car heart pants and onto his chair. (laughs) My God. (laughs) After a few initial jokes, someone decided they better go check the locker room to see if they could track him down. Excuse me. They found him in a stall with a pile of soiled clothes on the floor and all he could muster when asked if he was okay and his ashamed squeaky voice was yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Back in the shop, one of our guys really had a weak stomach. <laughs> this is he, he had a weak stomach and wouldn't even look at it. So naturally, a guy started chasing him around with the poopy chair until he cornered him at the sink where he was dry heaving uncontrollably. <laughs> after, about 15, <laughs> after about 15 minutes, I'm walking by the entrance to the locker room when I run into our one of our electricians and proceed to ask him if he's come over, coming over to check out the poopy chair. I barely get the word chair out of my mouth when the dude steps out. <laughs> he looks at us uncomfortably and walked right past us into the shop. It was dead silent in there. He walked straight over to the sink, got a few paper towels, and went back over and cleaned his chair off. No cleaner or anything. Just wiped it off and went back to work without saying a word. Wow. It was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen. He never mentioned anything about it, and you could still see the shit stain on his chair until they threw it away several years later. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So there's that. Could be worse. Could be a lot worse. I'm feeling a lot better about myself. Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, if you have if you have an epic shit-your-pants story... <laughs> Please submit them to the podcast by the email or whatever, and uh, you might you might get your chance at fame. <laughs> Mine are pretty boring in comparison. So now, I don't know. what are yours, Temple? Well, just I was I got sick the I got sick on Valentine's Day. Erica cooked steak and lobster, and I'm just laying on the couch, dying. I couldn't eat nothing. Kept going to the bathroom. I had to work in the morning, so my alarm goes off, and uh, I'm laying in bed like. Oh, if I don't shower, I can lay in bed for another half hour. Yeah, that's what I'll do. So there I am laying in bed and my alarm goes off again. I'm like, oh, I got to go to work. And I farted and it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> so now I'm going to be a half hour late for work because I got to shower. Uh, well, everybody's human, Temple. Mm. I couldn't yeah. even. <laughs> that's the goal. So the sad- bring, we just bring everybody down a notch to realize that we're all. The sad thing <laughs> is I couldn't eat the steak and lobster. Yeah. That, was, that, that was the real upset. That's part. messed yeah. up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I feel for you. So the other day I noticed that you, uh, how'd that go with getting your son broke the spark plug off in oh. the, in the, the yeah. new. Yeah, he uh, he got his righty tighty, lefty loosey confused. So you go to the left at the top of the clock to loosen things, right? You go to the right at the top of the clock to loosen. Th- he was going off the bottom of the clock to the left. So he just tightened the spark plug until it snapped right off in the head of that tundra. And uh, I lost my mind for a minute and shared a picture of it on Facebook. And a buddy of mine's a mechanic. He had some easy outs. So, Wasn't that what I told you? Just one of the yeah. broke, broken screw yeah. extractors or whatever? Yeah, so it came right out, and my dad rolled the driv- the drive clutch over a couple times to listen to the piston go up and down, see if there was any debris in there. There wasn't. We put a new plug in, took red off. So he felt pretty bad, as he should have, and it, <laughs> which is what I told him. Look, you should feel bad for a little while. We'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, we've all done stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I was, uh, when you say that, Tracy, I'm thinking of where to start. <laughs> severe, severe stories. But when you're talking to you guys, you always used to, and we've been talking snow machines a little bit lately. I think, like, I take it for granted just being able to hook the old 600 up and that new Tundra just 
go anywhere you want dragon you, you used to always run the the old ones wasn't it yeah a little 250s the real they had tundra. a 340 scandic yeah. too yeah they made a 340 scandic yeah long time ago i know there was a three <laughs> i knew the 380 the 440 and the 500 but i didn't know there was a 340 no, there was a 340 i had one did catch a wolf yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's back in the good old days when you could actually do that kind of stuff and well you could still do that in some of these a few areas but yeah because you guys used to be able to just go in and trap off the up off the road up north couldn't you yeah go up there and set traps and hunt wolves had a good time yeah well and that there were used to even be a cabin up there you guys stayed in, wasn't it? Yeah. That heard, has long since been burned down, I think. I heard the feds burnt it down. It was on Elusive Lake. But, yeah, it was great to go up there and stay in that cabin and hunt wolves. Me and Boone would do it for oh, two, three weeks every last week of March, first two weeks of April. Yeah. Get, That's a wonderful time to be out. Oh, yeah. I mean, usually that first, last week of March was pretty cold up there, but once april hit it was fairly warm but i mean you hunt. i mean it, it's not as easy as one would think no no i mean you could be out there three or four days and not see anything mm-hmm. but boy when you do yeah <laughs> need i say anymore yeah <laughs> get real busy real quick i mean we got wolverine we got wolves arctic fox and we'd shoot red fox till we were sick of skinning them I mean, yeah, yeah. Those every day, every day you could have shot, you know, six, seven, eight red fox. And the thing that was weird was most of them weren't rubbed. Yeah, that that is weird up there. Up there, but there's no real brush. Yeah, you know, or nothing. That windblown country, they get real like some of the best reds. Oh yeah, like even. You know, up there from out west where it's just windy all the time or down in the mountains some places like around Summit mm-hmm. down there, that kind of, that Denali Highway country has nice reds. It's like those those Arctic fox too, man. They're heavily haired. Mm-hmm. You know, one time we pulled up, we stopped on this high spot to glass for wolves and we're glassing and we're glassing. I look about 100 yards away, I said, that looks weird. <laughs> I'm looking, and he's these two little black spots on this little lump of snow. I'm looking, and all of a sudden, they disappear, and then they reappear. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so I was thinking, it's got to be a fox or something. So I grabbed my 22 Magnum, you know, I had strapped to the side, and I start walking over there, and it jumps up. It was an Arctic fox. Uh-huh. Right there, wind had drifted all over him, and couldn't hardly tell. Man. I've seen that with ptarmigan, where all they saw was the eyes and the beak before I figured out what I was looking at, you know? Right. I've not, I've had where they might give me a heart attack, because if I've, you know, you get a few inches of fresh snow on the trail, I've had them, like, actually burrowed under the snow oh, yeah. in the trail. Come up right beside you. Oh, <laughs> man, yeah. You know, Monty did that one time. Jeff Montgomery were heading out to Beaver Creek. And they flew up just like you were saying, and he just swatted with his mitt and knocked that one right out of the air into the snow, jumped off and grabbed it, caught it alive, stuffed it in his parka. <laughs> we went on out to Bill's cabin, and we got to Bill's cabin, and 
well, what are you going to do with that damn thing? Are you going to kill it? We're going to eat it or you're going to turn it loose. Yeah, you turned it loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tarmigan didn't know how close he <laughs> How close he came. <laughs> Yeah, well, he had a 15-mile ride in Jeff's park. Huh? <laughs> oh, man. Probably pretty Probably comfy shit in there. <laughs> Talk about a shit story. Oh, man. That reminds me, I, I don't even know who was involved, or but there was a story of a couple guys, cat who were trapping up north, caught, caught an Arctic fox, brought it back alive. I think this was years ago. Brought it back alive and went on their buddy's trap line up the steez and put it in one of his fox sets and then just waited and then heard all about how he'd caught an Arctic <laughs> fox. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Uh. We'd live trap them ground squirrels back home. My dad built uh, plans he got for like a rabbit trap, but he scaled it down a little bit for ground squirrels. Just made a one by fours or one by sixes, and we catch them. Most of the time, we'd let him go, but this one time, I talked him into letting me keep it. So I had it in a big trash can in the porch, and I was putting it from one trash can to the other to change the hay or the grass we were had in the bottom of there. And I'm trying to put it back into the first one. It jumps and lands on the floor in the porch. So I start screaming like any child would. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. And my cousin, like anybody does when they hear that, opens the fucking door. (laughs) So this ground squirrel's running through our house back home. My house is full of cousins and my my dad's mom, my grandma, my mom. It's just everybody running around screaming because the squirrel's running around. It was was terrifying. And then it made its way back out. (laughs) Yeah. Dishes got broke. Kids that couldn't climb onto beds were on beds. Nobody helped them. <laughs> Terrified. Yeah, when I was in high school, I used to do some pretty crazy shit, too. <laughs> I think Statue of Limitations yeah. is gone on yeah. this. So I guess I could probably <laughs> yeah. tell a story or two. But uh, me and a couple of other my cousins were just, were just animals, basically. I mean... <laughs> But we used to bring live mountain lions home. Holy crap. Uh, live bobcats. Jeez. Yeah, we'd tree a mountain lion, just choke him down with a cable and a snare till he'd pass out. And we'd stuff him in a gunny sack and tie it all up, Holy stuff crap. it in our back. They ain't no shit. Holy crap. Stuff it in our, gag, in our backpacks and head down the hill with it. We'd bring him home and we're using him to train pups. You're right, right. This you know? makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know? And the same with the bobcats, but we had that one. He was it was like a sixty pound mountain lion, maybe sixty five pounds. Mm-hmm. I had it in my backpack. And I'm coming down, <laughs> and my cousin kept. Well, actually, it was Uncle Eddie. He kept like poking my backpack with oh. a stick, and these claws that just <laughs> come right out of the backpack, oh. man. You know? <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> Oh, so I, that one I had at home, I had him in the chicken house. Holy crap. So I was keeping him. And my mom took grandma and grandpa down to the lawyer's office. <laughs> the lawyer had a, a mountain lion mounted on the wall. And grandma goes, oh, that's a nice mountain lion. I says, Tracy's got one too, but it's alive. It's in the chicken house. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's like, oh, shit. So anyway, I could, 
I get home that night from school, and Mom's like, get that damn mountain lion out of here. <laughs> Grandma just told the lawyer you had a live mountain lion in the chicken house. Game warden's going to be over here before you know it. So I called up Uncle Eddie. I said, Eddie, Mom said I had to get rid of my mountain lion. Can I bring it over to your house? Sure, bring it on over. <laughs> Oh, man. It's a wonder Grandma lived as long as she did. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh, yeah, well, my favorite story was that one where you, when, I don't know how old you guys were, how old Rod was when you guys were. Oh, trapping? That, that, yeah, for that, that bobcat yeah. that you guys were going to turn loose and run the dogs on to train them. Yeah, we got this bobcat. This is a different time, yeah. keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is back in probably the early 80s yeah <laughs> but we caught this bobcat and we had these pups these hound pups we wanted to train them right and you know we're don't live right in the mountains so it was a drive you know, <laughs> kids we had to steal our gas you know <laughs> I mean, so so we needed some a bobcat to train our hounds with right. so we got this trap set up in the hills we caught this bobcat we choke him down till he passes out we take snare off him take trap off his foot and rod goes where's the bat where's the gunny sack oh, shit. Oh, we know shit it's in the backpack <laughs> so i run over to the backpack i'm digging it. And, you know, of course we got half a dozen traps sitting on top of the uh-huh. I'm gonna get it by the time I got the gunny sack out the cat was coming too. Oh gosh. The rod had him by the hind legs uh-huh. and that cat was pissed off. Then <laughs> bobcats get way <laughs> oh, more yeah. it seems like they get way more pissed than a lynx does. Oh yeah. They're... I've heard that about them. I don't know, oh. but that's what I've heard. Man, just running with dogs, man, when they get cornered they just turn and fight. <laughs> but anyway, Rod's got this cat by the hind legs. I mean it's a it's a adult tomcat. Right. <laughs> it's trying to get him, you know. <laughs> now, I'm gonna let it go. You, uh, you let it go. I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> anyway, so he starts swinging in a circle like you swing a kid by their arms. Keep, keep its to teeth keep, off. Yeah, of you. Keep the cat off. <laughs> He's swinging around. I'm trying to get it out. I'm trying to get another snare out to choke him down uh-huh. again. You know. And finally, we got him choked down again. But yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> See, I, that's how I dispatch links. And every time I'm doing that to a lynx, I'm like, well, it went limp. You'd better hold on a bit longer. You oh, don't yeah. want this sucker to wake back up. Gotta let those eyes glaze over. <laughs> but see, as soon as they go limp, man, you take that snare off real quick, you got about 20 seconds <sighs> to get them in a gunny sack Jeez. before they start coming to. <laughs> oh, man. I remember what time was. I had this old timer that, that actually taught me everything I knew about dogs and hunting mountain lions, Don Chambers. I, when I met him, he was like 65, and he defeated cancer when he was like 63. And Anyway, he took me under his wing, and we're out. And we tree this little bear up in this ponderosa pine with our hounds, you know. And Don looks at me and says, hey, climb up there and kick that bear out of there. Let's run him again. <laughs> I looked at him. I'm like, <laughs> you climb up there and kick that bear out. He goes, ah, you young punks. Got to show you how to do everything. <laughs> he climbs up there in that tree with that bear, and that bear kicked his ass out of the tree. <laughs> he comes tumbling out of the tree. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and luckily, he didn't get hurt very bad. He was a little <laughs> bruised up. He goes, okay, Tracy, no, that's not how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to climb up in the trees with mountain lions and kick them out of the tree all the time. Oh, jeez. Even great big tomcats most of the time, they'll... You just pressure them a little bit, and they'll bail. Yeah, they're they're you kitty know? cats. Yeah, they? they're pretty much kitty cats. But this one, <laughs> <laughs> he's, oh, he's, matter of fact, he's hanging on my mom's wall. <laughs> that one, huh? Yeah, but we're up dead man. And we tree him way the heck up in the middle of nowhere, about three four miles up the canyon. You know, it's all walking. It's no driving. It's steep and snow. And uh, anyway, he's in this cedar tree or pond. No, it was a. a opinion tree actually and it was a real steep hill so the dogs were on the hillside barking at him and he wasn't very far away but he was, had his attention on them i wanted to get a really good picture so i got my camera and i climbed up in the tree with him and i was probably me to you to him that's terrifying close and he's looking at the hounds and i get my camera all ready you know we're like what three feet away uh-huh. get the camera ready i'm like hey Oh, <laughs> he wouldn't turn his head. Uh huh. Wouldn't turn his head. So I dead limb up there. I busted this limb off. <laughs> oh no! Got my camera and I whap. I whapped him the back of the head. <laughs> he spun his head around. And went <laughs> <laughs> showed his teeth and fangs and started to take a step. And I wasn't even looking through my camera. My camera was pointing at him. I just pushed the picture and jumped. <laughs> Yeah, he bounced off about three limbs, landed on my feet, and he went right over the top of my head. Oh, jeez. Down the canyon. And uh, we ended up treating him about 100 yards from the pickup. Oh, and, man. And, Easy pack. Oh, yeah. My mom was always wanting a mountain lion mount. And so I'm like, Sean goes, hey, Tracy, you ought to shoot this one for your mom. I, oh, I don't know. It's you know, it's not that big. It was like 155 pounds, something like that. Is, I kind of like to get a bigger one, but... What's the size range on on uh, If you get a two hundred pound mountain lion, you got a monster. Yeah, I mean a monster. Uh, one hundred eighty pounds is really really big. Mm-hmm. Average one fifty, yeah. one sixty for an adult. Okay, and female hundred hundred ten. Right. But uh, yeah, so we shot him, took him out. But yeah, <laughs> I got. A, great picture it's nothing <laughs> nothing but head and teeth oh i think i've seen it because didn't you have that yeah, one on grandma's house yeah, yeah it's nothing but the head Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and, and crystal clear i mean a beautiful picture i could have planned it no better but, oh man but i definitely wasn't looking through that camera when i snapped the picture <laughs> I, oh, was a little, I was a little excited to tell my Tom Lynx by a back toe story. Now it's, it seems pretty anemic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's not going to stop me. I'm just less excited. <laughs> I, I had this uh, combo set. It was a broken off leaning tree. I'd put a big carcass off the end of the tree and a number one on top for Martin and a couple of fours down on the bottom for Lynx. This big Tom Lynx is chawing on the Lynx carcass hanging off the end. He didn't get trapped, but he knocked one of the guide sticks down into a trap. It slams shut, startles him. This is what I figure happened, right? So he jumps up onto the tree, gets caught by a toe in that number one jump, 
I show up and he's hanging there by a back foot <laughs> with a pile of snow and twigs underneath him. I and mean, he's still pretty fresh. And pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm walking up to him with my trapping wire on a stick going, all right, I'm just going to noose him like I do any cats. And I get to the edge of his catch circle and he goes from six or eight feet away over there to bam. At my bunny boots, quicker than I could blink. <laughs> so I slip the noose on him and, and finish him, but I've decided from now on that if that ever happens again, I'm just going to shoot the damn thing. Because I, I don't know what would have happened if his toe came loose. He might have just run up me and dove off, or he might have mauled me. I don't know. It's hard, yeah, hard to say. I don't know, but those big Tom Lynx, all the ones that I've ever been around that we've caught or Drew's caught, they are pissed off. Mm -hmm. They're mad. The big yeah. toms especially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you come up to them, they're growling, snarling. That's that's the only one that's actually come at me. I've had them swat the, the dispatch stick and bite at it, but that's the only one that ever actually came at me saying, I'm And it was only caught ass. by a toe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All one time, me and Jerry caught this wolverine, and... We pull up and caught him in a wolf set, in just a piss set, you know, just odd enough. Mm -hmm. Had him good, but I'm thinking, all right, well, I'll plug him, just plug him in the ribs with my 22 six shooter and call it good. He said, ah, well, I'll knock him out like everything else, you know, like, so, you know, cat, you know, sna you know snare, a lot of guys use a snare to choke down yeah. cats. That's pretty pretty humane. Well, they die quick. They die so quick. Dang quick. Or you can do the same thing. I mean, fox and canines. Yeah. If you nail them right on the bridge of the nose with a you know, not to be a huge stick, but a nice like mm -hmm. hefty stick. You nail them right on the bridge of the nose. They're out cold instantly, and then compress their chest. Mm -hmm. You know, with your boot or your Put knee. Put your knee on their heart. Yeah, and and asphyxiate them while they're knocked out. And so I guess this was the plan to do that to this for this Wolverine. And so I cut like I'm like all right. <laughs> so I cut I cut a pretty like healthy size. I don't know you know like a little over inch diameter birch that green piece of birch. That's a birch fine sapling. club. And go over there, poor thing. You know, whack. That <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> felt so bad. <laughs> you know, get him knocked out. Yank him out of the trap, go over to the trail. So I got some hard pack to to kind of finish him off, and thing starts coming back to life. And uh. I'm holding him by the hind legs. <laughs> I'm like, he's getting heavy. Hit him again. <laughs> he's starting to swat and stuff. So oh. if you if you catch happen to catch a wolverine um, in a in a leg hole or foothold, just uh, shoot him. Just shoot him. <laughs> well, they're so tough. They are tough. Yeah. The whole we the whole mustelid family is. I mean, Martin, Martin, the small ones are, because they're so small, they're kind of soft. But that doesn't mean they're not going to stand there and look at you and say, yeah, go ahead, grab me. I I'll dare you. I'd be scared to go in the woods if a Martin weighed 50 pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Or a weasel. Yeah. Yeah, didn't you? I, I don't know if, I don't think you told that story. That's been a while since you've been on. But didn't you, you actually found a weasel killing a rabbit one time, mm -hmm. didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I was setting Lynx set up on the Yukon there where I used to trap off the Ray River. <laughs> I heard the rabbit start squealing, and he was squealing, moving, running around, you know, uh -huh. here and there. Like a full-sized rabbit, adult rabbit? Yeah. 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 
And I just, I'm sitting there just kind of listening and watching and thinking, okay, I might get something here, you know. And finally the squealing stopped and it was in one spot and just started wheezing and getting weaker. So I walk, sneaking back there with my twenty-two pistol and get back there and I'm like, huh? See, see the rabbit? He's get up there closer and here's this weasel's got this rabbit by the throat. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I mean, I got two feet from him. I mean, I'm standing right Jeez. over him. That weasel, he's holding on to that rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, trying to drag the rabbit yeah. away. I mean, he wasn't going to let go of that rabbit. I was like, man, I said, you brave little bastard. I said, you just keep that rabbit. And I just walked off and left him. Yeah. Let him have his rabbit. I was I was in my yard one spring and I saw something similar happen. It was just after green up, so you couldn't really see the ground where the brush was thick. All I see is a disturbance and I hear a small rabbit squealing just you could tell by the volume and it was a small rabbit so i'm seeing this little flurry under the brush followed by a big flurry and they get to a little clearing it's a weasel on a baby rabbit and mama is behind them trying to put the whoop on the weasel keep it from killing the baby and i managed to get some of it on 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 film you know fucking phone in your pocket all the time will do it so I, I got some of it on there. Mama beats the weasel away, and then she comes after me. And you can't quite hear it in the video, but she growled at me and startled the shit out of me. I'm jumping back, screaming like a little girl with this rabbit growling at me. <laughs> yeah, but that the little rabbit did die. Mama hung around for a little while, but the weasel dragged it off and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are tough suckers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. vicious little things. I like to leave them in the yard so they keep the mice oh, out yeah. of the house. Heck, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd way rather have. I'd be. I'd love to have a, a weasel living in the wood pile. Yeah. Yep. If my kids get a hankering, we'll trap one or two. But I, I'd, I'd rather not, just so they keep the mice out yeah, of the house. Yeah, it's not like they're worth anything, right. or they're or le- or they're a nuisance or anything. And they're like that. they're so small. It's hard to it's hard to come up with an idea for a craft. And for they're them. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're up there at the mine. I'm working on the bulldozer. You know, and all of a sudden I look up and there's this little head sticking out of the bulldozer. We got these round <laughs> holes in the grate. Head sticking through there, looking at me about two feet away, you know. They don't care. For an hour and a half, uh-huh. I think he checked out every crook and cranny on that bulldozer <laughs> while I was working on it. He th- could care less. You'd think he was there for the warm? Was he, was he looking no, for it a was, mice It was or cold. It was yeah. cold. He was hunting. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he covered every inch of that yeah. bulldozer, I think. <laughs> yeah, little shits. Weird. Yeah, you I want- seen some baby Martin up there oh, a, couple, yeah? a couple years ago. Ooh. That was cool. Mama and three babies. I come around the corner of the trail, and they're standing right there in the middle of the trail. Oh, wow. And the babies were a little bit bigger than a weasel. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course, they darted off real soon, but that's the only little uh, Martin I've ever seen. No. Well, that's, I mean, just Martin in general. Like, they're extremely common, but you don't I've see only them. seen, not in traps, I mean, I've seen maybe three. I see yeah, one. Yeah, I haven't seen very many either. And two of those... <clears throat> It's like two or three of the, it's either three or four. I've maybe, I saw one on a bear bait, saw one on the trap line that I actually ran up a tree and shot with my twenty two. Nice. Um, and then I saw, I've seen two on a Fognac Island. Mm-hmm. 
but that's the only, I mean, I've spent a lot of, a lot of miles running trap line right. trail and stuff like that. You would think you would as many tracks as see you him, find but you don't. Sometimes. No, for a, for a very common like animal all over the interior. Right? You know, yeah, just, they're, they're thick. They're pretty thick. Super secretive. I mean, even like Jerry did told me from years past. I mean, they're just they don't like being around people. They don't like activity. Mm-hmm. It seems like, um, you know, I mean, there's a few around town, but you don't see you don't see martin tracks running through the yard mm-hmm. here like you right. like you do fox or even cats we've already had a couple of cats come through the yard mm-hmm. it's easy for them to hide too but if, if yeah. they were there they'd, yeah they'd you'd tracks. eventually see tracks you know right. on top i think they spend a lot of time under well, the snow i do know someone that caught, zone i do know someone that caught one and uh, was getting into was getting into his chickens, and he'd set a mm-hmm. uh, just a conibear set there, and and it whatever happened, he had like heard it go off, and it there was a stick or some, some for some reason the conibear didn't all the way close and kill the thing, mm-hmm. it was just kind of holding him there, so he put it in a rabbit cage, and just like observed it for a month. So he said eventually he kind of got used to him, but. Uh, He'd just set a grouse on top of the cage and it'd pull the whole thing through. But he said it would go through big periods of, like, bouncing off the walls activity and then, like, hibernation, like, just sleeping. I mean, you know, trapping Martin, it seems like sometimes you get the right weather conditions or something and they're just everywhere. And then you go weeks without even seeing a track. So it was, I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. But, uh, yeah. You know, one thing I've never, I've caught everything there is up here in a trap, but I've never caught an otter. Really? I've caught everything but an otter. I caught an otter by accident in the early beaver season once. That was pretty upsetting. Yeah, I had to turn that one in. Yeah. Yeah, I brought it to Fish and Game, and they're like, well, you didn't skin it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in September or something? Oh, I see before. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. That was uh, funny because Temple just caught his first wolf. That wasn't year. last year. Yeah. The wolf trappings. It's like that's oh, why you talk to fur buyer like Waivota. You know, say, "Ah, oh, these guys get the wolf sickness, so they'll give pass up pass up fifty Martin to catch one wolf." <laughs> I was that way. Yeah, I was. I I, I like. Just the satisfaction of catching them sons of bitches. It, it was satisfying. It was. It was. It's, it's it's nerve-wracking. The worst part about wolf trapping is keeping everything working until they come back <sighs> through. Yeah. You that's, know? That's, that's all of it. But I can, you know, because with wolves, from what, what very little I know, it's just you got to keep it working without disturbing it too damn much. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas lynx gear, hell, you can almost leave a lynx trap bare on top of the snow. Oh, you can. <laughs> and with, it, yeah, and it it'll still they'll still step in the damn thing. <clears throat> yeah. One trick to lynx trapping that not many people know, or cats in general, is you got to make a hole for them to step in. You want where your trap's sitting, just a little bit lower than everywhere else. Yeah. And that, I mean, my Uncle Eddie taught me that about bobcats because I couldn't, I was having a hard time catching them suckers. They'd come in on the side or whatever. He goes, man, you just got to make a hole for them to step in. 
Like once I did that, I missed very few. Hmm. And that's what you know me and Drew been doing, and, and uh, she's been nailing the show. Her last year, she nailed the shit out of them. Yeah. And I mean, our we don't make elaborate cubbies, or we just kick a little hole in the side of the snow and set a trap right there. But the trap was right in front, right on the edge of the trail. If they take one step. And just make it a little bit lower than everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, I've heard sometimes some guys for links like raising like a little either a mound. Yeah, I don't like that. But, I've, uh, I've heard it both ways, but I've gotten to where I'll do the depression for I, for the trap. I tried the mounds, and I've had so many links walk up around them, circle them, and da, 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 and, you know they won't get up on top of that fucking mound. Of course, I have had one couple do that, but. Once I uh, figured out what I'm doing now, I don't set them any other way, and I we don't miss very many. Yeah, if you can, if you very can few, figure out how very to very few we miss how to direct their foot right where you want to get them the first. And I don't use attractors. I don't use bait. I use strictly scent. Yeah, down a snow hole. Uh, kind of. Kind of. It's just what I do is, I just, you know, if you got your trail there. Yeah. I just take my foot and kick a little hole straight into the trail. And then. Kind of, he's, um, I'll try to describe kind of off the side. Yeah, off the side of the your snow machine trail, your snowshoe Yeah, but trail. right on the edge. But right on the edge. Just kick it off, you know, a foot and a half, two feet in there. And then you set your trap where it's, I mean, if you're on a snow machine, you'll, you'll almost run over it. Okay. So if he takes one step off that snow machine trail, you got him. Okay. And, you know, you're, you'll have that little trench in there. And then I just take a stick and I dip it. I like to use Russ Carmen's lures. It's uh-huh. my favorite. I just dip it in there and stick it in the back of it. Just make sure it's on the prominent upwind side of your trail. Uh-huh. So that the wind will carry the scent across that trail. Okay. And... I mean, we miss very few. Uh, Occasionally, you'll miss one. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, they'll step out of the side or not, but for the most part, man, we nail the piss out of them. Like yeah, that. especially considering and, where you're trapping, yeah. And using, like I use Russ, my favorites, Russ Carmen's Pro's Choice, Russ Carmen's Magna Glan, and uh, Mega Musk. Gotcha. Those I, are my Dives always use Pacific Call. Those, yeah, but uh, Pacific Call seems like I catch a lot of rabbits. Because uh, it's got catnip in it. Uh, oh, that is okay. And they like that, but I don't catch rabbits no, when, those, I use, no. when I use gland lure. Yeah. Uh, cat gland? No, it's, uh, it's, it's a mixture of things, I think. See, Russ Carmen, he's a... Uh, this is what Eddie explained to me. He's a chemist. Uh-huh. And when he makes these baits, he adds little tricks to them. Yeah. And he's got caged animals he tests them on. And I mean, I mean, my uncle used to use them on cyanide guns when he was a predator controlling uh-huh. the ranches. And I mean, they'll, one coyote will pull the gun, pow, the other coyotes will eat the damn thing. Yeah. And, it's, and they'll just roll and they can't, I mean, they... It's mm. just, it, it's attractive, but yeah, it works real good on everything. I mean, I use it for wolves. I use it for fox. I use it for cats. And, uh, when I don't use a Pacific call, I don't catch rabbits because I've used a lot of Pacific call mm-hmm. and I've caught a lot of rabbits on those. Yeah, it's so fucking frustrating. But with that gland lure, you don't catch rabbits. You might 
occasionally catch one, but not like using Pacific Call. Because so Pacific Call's got catnip in it. And the cats like that sweet and, and, smell. Well, the thing. rabbits do. Or excuse me, the rabbits Yeah. Do. You know, and it works good for cats, but, you know, I seem to catch a lot of rabbits when I use that. <laughs> but if you just use that gland lure, and like I say, uh, it's, I don't use attractors. In fact, you walk down my trail, you if you don't know where you're looking for, you ain't going to know where the trap's at. That can yeah. be real handy depending on what all is going on around there. Right. So I've, I've, I lost hundreds of dollars <clears throat> one year because people knew what they were looking for. bastards. Fuckers. Yeah. But, but uh, what the heck was I going to say? <laughs> it reminds me, cat trapping with Eddie, that you, that time you had the skier cross-country skier going down dickhead this was in that was down in colorado we fixed his ass (laughs) oh geez we had this this sand dunes great sand dunes national monument okay okay now it's yeah now it's national park uh we uh there was all i took a drive through there one winter (laughs) there was fucking bobcat tracks everywhere (laughs) I'm like, Eddie, we got to trap that. <laughs> He's like, okay. He goes, I'll take you up there and drop you off. But see, the fence line for the boundary was only a quarter of a mile up the hill from where the road went through it. Mm-hmm. So he'd take me in there and drop me off. I'd go up above the fence boundary. Where it was legal. Where it was legal. Okay. I'd just, I mean, we're talking... 12 feet across the fence i mean if you're across and, the fence that's across it man we made a trail all the way across there man we caught the hell out of bobcats but <laughs> this cross-country skier uh-huh. like somebody that worked at the park started running our trail and anyway well the first time he ran our trail we had a coyote in a trap uh-huh. he turned it loose <sighs> and there was this hill and you can see where he went and there's a few ridges and Oh, we were pissed off. I'm going to get that son of a bitch. I said, if he comes back. So there was this hill where you could tell he got a good run so he could get partway up the other side, you know. So I took a snare, and I hung it about four inches, about four inches off the ground. And I stretched it across the trail. And then I put a couple sticks in there to break the outline uh-huh. of it. Next time we went to check our old trap. Oh, That's some bitch. He banged back down. We see him. Oh, yeah, he's here. I bet you we got him. <laughs> we come over the top of the hill. You know, I mean, he must have wiped out for 15 feet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> he never came back on our line again. <laughs> that's that's oh, frustrating. Man. There's a... There's a guy, oh, I would love to get him on here, but I don't think that's probably ever going to happen, that heard some stories, like, up here, like, true wild man, had had people breaking into a couple of his cabins and different issues. One of the, so one of the things he did is he, it was kind of his trail ran along, as he told, as he told the story, the trail ran along the top of the slough, kind of right along this cut bank over a slough, it was freezes, sinks. And everything's froze up hard, but he kind of pushes a log out into the trail to make you go around the end of the log and put a wolf snare anchored to a tree right in the grass Did or just see? like that and got <clears throat> sick, came back, and there's a big disturbance and plastic and all sorts <laughs> of shit all over the ice down there where it slung that 
machine off there, and they had to walk out boot tracks. Like I had to walk out and get someone to. And then the other, like, right. something like the other thing he did was stick a um, one of his cabins where if you you know you you broke the window and reached through you could open the door and uh, put a three thirty conibear oh, behind the curtain or no maybe it was one of those like the magnum ones like the yeah. extended ones that you can buy oh the the six sixties the yeah, super wide conibear something like something like that he rigged up and talked about coming back there and had it. <laughs> it had been set off, and he didn't know how how someone got out of it, but they did. <laughs> oh man! Oh. I heard a story. It serves the fuckers right. Yeah, but <laughs> I heard a story of a guy uh, back home, the next village over. He st- uh, stove oil, heating fuel, kept going missing from his above ground tank. So before some snow, he laid some three thirties on their side there. And uh, he's in his house or whatever. He hears the commotion outside or he comes home. I don't remember the exact details, but there's his son-in-law. <laughs> oh, man. It was That's a funny. 330. The 330 on its side. Now, I this one time I was trapping down from Jerry's place, you know, kind of running that little line of his. He had run for a while and there had been some cats running around and there was a high cat here and now I'm going to catch a couple, and I go down there to check, and I see someone's footprints walk down, step right on the trap, and I had another trap that was missing. So I'm thinking, all right, they're going to come back with bolt, with cutters or something like that. I was all worked up and pissed, mm-hmm. ran up there, told you, I'm going to run 330 down there and set that thing on its side and cover, dust it up, and just slide that. That number three or number four would I have had over the trigger. So when they, reach to, <laughs> when they grab that trap to pick it up, it'll jump up and catch him about mid forearm. But he talked me down out of that. I didn't actually. It's a. I don't need to go to jail. <laughs> it's a scary idea. Oh, but a person feels like doing that sometimes. Yeah. No, and especially because you know, even though if you caught someone doing it, there's technically there's it's not legal to disturb anybody's traps, mm-hmm. but. It's still it's, not like they would le- ever really get. Hey, I said it for a coyote, man. Yeah. <laughs> Them coyotes are smart. I don't you know gotta... what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I thought that's how you said those traps. <laughs> that or you'd catch oh, a damn moose in the day. Yeah. <clears throat> well, a moose would pull out of a 330. Yeah. Yeah, I Depending. That's so. uh, Probably destroy the. 330, like if you use them below. Oh, if we were magnums. talking about if we were talking about this, the 330's already been donated to the cause. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. Our, obviously, we're all talking hypothetical. Right. Just things we right. would like to do sometimes. <laughs> right. But, yeah. No, I was pissed. Fortunately, hadn't got talked down and had enough time to think about it a little bit and Probably wasn't the best idea. Good thing he wasn't drinking cold beer when he had that idea. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably. probably That's when I've had some of the most stupid, brilliant (laughs) fucking ideas of drinking cold beer. Or two or three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got some. You wake up. I was trying to find a way to the. To to get make the Valley View story rele- relevant, but I don't oh. know if that's even. That was a bad deal. <laughs> that was a bad deal all the way around. <laughs> no good came out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it was pretty humiliated, actually. <laughs> Valley view? It's nudist colony. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a hot springs. It runs out of the fuck out of the mountain. It runs down this creek. And it got all kinds of rock pools. Yeah. <laughs> there was something, you know, you don't have to tell that story. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, I'll just tell a little bit of it. We decided we was going to make a gallon of strip and go naked, and we was going to sneak because it's private. Mm. But, you know, we used to ride horses and kind of run cows up in that country, so we knew all the back trails into that thing. Anyway, gallon of strip and go naked is a quarter of Everclear, a quarter of vodka, and a couple cans of concentrated grapefruit juice, and you fill the rest of the gallon jug full of beer, shake it all up, and drink it. Wow. It actually goes down pretty smooth. I bet, and then it hits you like a freight oh, train. Oh, man, especially if you're sitting in the hot water drinking it. <laughs> My wife used to... And then to... you stand up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My wife used to make something she called Gorilla Punch, and it tasted like, like Kool-Aid. It was not. It uh, <laughs> it was not. That's, yeah. kind, of, that's kind of the same thing yeah. this stuff was. Oh, man. Oh, just knock your dick right in that dirt. <laughs> 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 I was drunk for three days. Oh, God. Or I wasn't drunk for three days. Well, I, I don't know. I was drunk for a while. <laughs> and I just felt like garbage for, and that's when I was young. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know about you. I, yeah, the, I got the frail stomach, too. It don't, don't take long to where you're not having fun anymore. <laughs> oh, man, I never have been able to drink a whole lot. What you you t- one time you told me you're like I tried to be an alcoholic but to be an alcoholic you got to drink every day I just couldn't do her man I just couldn't do her because I let's stop by the bar after work and have a beer you man we had that last night the night before enough's enough just couldn't do her couldn't do her oh man. <laughs> Did we talk about the uh, the the airboat down Airport Way to the lonely lady last time? Did we tell that story. I don't know if we did or not. You might have referenced I've, it. I've heard the story, but I'm not who, sure it was on here. Who was it that did that? I I've, I've I heard the say, guy's name. I want to say Mike Pike, but I could be I could be wrong. He did it on a dare or something, didn't he? Yeah, Wasn't that they what it were was? drinking down at the at Pike's Landing. Uh-huh. His buddies told him, or he said, oh, I can take that airboat anywhere. I can take it down to the strip bar if I wanted to, the lonely <laughs> lady. They're like, bullshit, you could. I'll show you something, bitches. And he gets out, gets his airboat, takes up, uh, up the boat ramp, down airport way, <laughs> sparks a flying. <laughs> Pull, you know where the lonely lady used to be is there the, by Fred Meyer's West? Yeah, yeah. He's the one that burned down. Yeah. yeah, he pulls in there, goes inside, and sits there, orders a drink. <laughs> of course, the cops come over there, come in, and haul him to jail. <laughs> oh, man. I can't remember who that was. I think it was Mike Pike, but I could be wrong. And if you're listening, Mike Pike, and it's not you, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man yeah i have a feeling fairbanks was a little bit different town back then it's even when i first came back here it was still almost like it used to be it's it's were they still drag racing down like organized drag racing down airport 
Yeah, we used to set up our band there on that little side street on the north side, the little frontage mm-hmm. road there. One of our buddies had a house there. We used to set our band up in the, out in the grass there. And matter of fact, <clears throat> the last year when it was where it was when that Corvette hit one of those posts in the middle of the street, used to, I don't know if they're still there now, but there used to be street light posts. In the middle of Airport Way? Yeah, in the median. And some guy in a Corvette, I think it was a yellow Corvette, remember, if I went out of control and smacked into one of those. And they never had it again after that. Yeah. And they used to have the solstice party out at Chino Hot Springs Road, 23 Mile. Oh, I never three heard day, about that one. Three day long party. And Holy smokes. Bands from everywhere. Canada. I mean, in 24 hours a day, man, they just yeah. played and partied. Whew. It was a good time. When you were 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make it about three hours now. Yeah, no. I'm going to go, home, go to bed. It's, it's about 8 o'clock, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Felt like I was getting a little tired. Yeah. I got yeah. a nap at some point. You know? Good old days. Used to be able to take bombardiers out in the White Mountains. Well, you're talking about like the big tracked cars? Oh, yeah, yeah. Big, no, big track rigs, yeah. yeah. Huh. The big track rigs. Yeah. Used to be able to take them out there, Beaver Creek, go moose hunting with them. Well, it's funny. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nuts because, you, well, you guys, I don't know you remember because that's where old Grandpa used to hunt. Yeah. Was, was out there that Gnome Creek Road back before it was actually... Yeah, a full-on road. Heck, he used to go clear back into Champion Creek and beyond with his pickup. Holy really? cow, that's a ways. Yeah, he. I mean, I was up there when I first got my metal detector. <sighs> you know, yeah. Fucking gung ho! I go out there, and I'm on that last ridge before you dump into Little Champion. Yep. And I'm up there swinging the metal detector out in the tundra. Why I don't know. And I get this hit. I found a tire weight <laughs> out in the middle of the tundra at Ch- Little Champion Creek. Oh, jeez. I know that had to be Dad's. Yeah. Well, because they were pretty much the only ones hunting. Didn't they like, cut the road over into Moose Creek? Well, I, I don't know if they the cut it or... in there, but it they, were was using it. they were using it. Yeah. I mean, hell, Dad used to go moose hunting. He'd fill the back of the pickup full of planks. And a couple of handyman jacks. Uh huh. If he couldn't drive to the moose, he'd just lay the planks out. I mean, he didn't <laughs> shoot a moose that he couldn't drive to. I've heard and that. And the old man used to kill six, seven, eight moose a year Holy by crap. himself. That's fucking work right there. You know, well, he'd take his whole crew, he owned a company. Uh huh. We're talking back in the 50s, mm. you know, 60s. But he'd, he'd take his whole crew. He'd just shut the job. He'd take his whole crew hunt and pay for everything. Oh. Of course, most of them were partiers, you know, and they mm. drink, drink. So he killed all the moose. <laughs> and then he had a meat sh- uh, shed set up in the backyard there in Lamita. I had the meat room. I mean, had the rollers, the hooks. You roll it in. Oh, the Tyler's man. bandsaw used to sit out there. That meat saw. I like that saw. Zing zing, and he'd invite the whole neighborhood over, and uh, to help cut up meat, and everybody would take meat home. Nice. I mean, he fed the whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But I remember <clears throat> mom's got the home videos, or used to. She, she made me a, a VCRs. Of yeah. Them. I need to get them put on Because, yeah, else. you can get those converted to DVDs and digital files. I need That'd to. That'd be pretty cool. But they're in chicken. 
you know, hunt uh-huh. moose. Yeah. And it's, they usually, dad usually hunted in October is when he liked to go. Well, the ground's pretty frozen by then. And, uh, but they're leaving. They're pulling out, heading back to Fairbanks. And first thing you see a pickup with, you know, big, I mean, dad had those big old four, four-wheel drive, three-quarter ton Ford pickups, big, tall racks. You see a pickup pull out. It's completely full of quarters. You see another one pull out completely full of quarters and then mom pans back and there's like i want to say 13 or 14 moose heads <laughs> and dad never took a horn home uh-huh they're all just left them all laying right. there but there's like 13 or 14 moose heads laying there and like seven or eight caribou <laughs> <laughs> all in a line man i mean some monster bull i mean monster bull moose he just drove off. The only horns he ever brought home was the set that mom made the table of. Cause she, oh, really? Because she shot it. Huh. She she told him she wanted those brought home because she wanted to make a table. So he that's brought that. Awesome. That's the only horns I think he ever brought home. Yep. No, I knocked my head on that table several times growing up <laughs> as a kid. But yeah, the old man was a moose hunter, man. Yep. Well, didn't. Wouldn't there, didn't Grandma get that on video one time? She was videoing their drive putzing down the road, and there was two bulls fighting in the middle of the road. That's a gnome creek. Yeah. <laughs> up on top of the hill, way I understand it, up on top of the hill, just before you drop into gnome creek. Dad always used to just drive really, really slow and just look and look and look and look and look. And he, he's a road hunter. No doubt about it. That's how but I hunt the rivers. You come around this bend, Dad's staring off the side of the road. <laughs> and Mom said, come around, there's two big bull moose fighting in the middle of the road, just getting it on. And Dad's... <laughs> Looking off the side. Mom's like, Jed, aren't you going to shoot those moose? Oh, shit! <laughs> Gets out, drops them both right in the middle of the road. Oh, jeez. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Just a different, good old days. different time back then, you know. Well, that's like Bill Lighty, you know. He's telling me he went down there to Chitna. And uh, down there that one spot, I know up there on that ridge, yeah. that first bull, he popped over the top. There's two 45-inch rams in there with about 15 other rams. He shot them both. Boom, boom. Jeez. Two 45-inch rams Jeez. together. Killed them both. What the hell? My God. You know, this is back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Monstrous. This monstrous. Yeah, he, uh, Bill Lighty, I think he said he killed three that were 45, and he's, I don't know how many, over 40. He had one, he gave most of them away. Uh-huh. He had one that was 43, still in his house. Just a beautiful ram. Yeah, didn't you? When did he pass away? Oh, I think it was probably about 10 years ago. Yeah, because I don't think I ever, I've never met him, I don't think. I don't think you ever met him. I'll tell you that guy, he was, he was a pain in the ass sometimes, but I liked the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) He was a good old boy, I mean, just a good old boy. He hated fucking John Denver. (laughs) (laughs) He hated John Denver with a passion. (laughs) So one day I was at... At Fred Myers, and they had those cassette tapes on sale for ninety nine cents. And I laid right on top, like it was meant for me to see. John Denver, man, greatest hits. Oh joy! So yeah, I bought it. 
And then I go over and visit Bill Lighty a couple of days. I just threw up my glove box, you know. Some patient man. Uh-huh. And I drove by to visit Bill Lighty one day, and he wasn't there. But his garage door was wide open, and he had a cassette player and big old speakers oh. in there. His garage and his cassette player was an auto auto deal, so it just kept playing over and over. He wasn't there, so I snuck in there. I put that John Denver tape and I cranked that sucker as loud as it's going. I left. <laughs> I guess I guess he had the ass when he came back. He's like. <laughs> I went over a couple of days later to visit him, you know, I was just stopping after work, whatever, drink a glass of wine with him because he, he used to like to buy that big box wine. I walked through the door, hey, Bill, what's happening? You think you're funny, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't have an idea what you're talking about, Bill. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Why are you looking at that stereo then? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then I got him again. I got to tell this one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, JC was the business agent for the pipe fitters. And they were all friends. You know, Bill Lighty was a retired pipe fitter. I said, my uh, ex-wife, she had went to a bachelor party and brought home this little dick. <laughs> it was about this long. And it was on a spring in a suction cup. So it <laughs> waved around. I called up JC. I said, JC, man, call up Bill and get him to come down to the office. Tell him you got to talk to him about something. <laughs> I said, and then when he leaves, I says, walk out with him and look on the dash of his pickup. <laughs> so <laughs> he did. So I'm hiding over there by Bill's house waiting for him to leave. You know, okay, here he goes. Okay, he goes over. He goes in the pipe for his office. I run over there and I take that. Boom, and I stick it right on the dash, right in the middle. Of the and then I go across the parking lot hiding my picket. And I'm sitting there watching, you know. God. And pretty soon him and JC come out. I'm listening. I'm close enough I can hear him. I'm listening. They walk up, J.C. walks up to the front of Bill's pickup, and they're sitting there talking in front of his pickup, and all of a sudden, J.C. goes, Bill, what the hell's that on your dad? What the hell are you into now? Bill, what are you talking about? What the, what's on your dash? Bill looks at you, you fuckers set me up! Oh, you set me up! But oh, he was, he was just a good old boy. I really liked. Well, him. he was an animal, wasn't he? Like oh. he's one of them. Like he goes sheep hunting with a with a uh, a little jar of peanut butter, a pocket full of peanuts, and a pocket full of jerky. Jeez, and how long's he gone on and, that? And he would go up there. He wouldn't take a sleeping bag. He wore wool clothes, a couple tarps. He'd wrap up in a tarp and go to sleep. God. And get up and go again. Wasn't he the one that supposedly said if you got to shit more than twice in yep. a 10-day hunt, you brought too much food? <laughs> yeah. If you shit more than twice in a 10-day hunt, you're eating too much and you're not working hard enough. Jeez. <laughs> but, I mean, he went, took a, a couple guys from Juno, Mike, and, uh, oh, man, I know the other guy real good, too. I can't think of his name. But, anyway, they're young guys. They're like 26, 27. Bill was like 63, 64. And they wanted to go sheep. Oh, I'll take you sheep hunting. 
And they told me that when they left, started walking, they wouldn't see him. And then they'd finally catch up to him. He'd be sitting on a rock smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and when they got to where he was, he'd just jump up and take off again. And they said there'd be five or six cigarette butts sitting there on the ground. <laughs> Jeez. Every time. I mean, he's just an animal. That's <laughs> tough. He used to trap beaver on the Chattanooga. Uh-huh. <clears throat> he'd get them hung up. He'd take off his clothes. And he'd get his trapping buddy to fucking hold his feet and they'd stick him under the water so he could get the fucking beavers untangled from the their uh cash. That's tough stuff there. I mean just, <laughs> just an animal. I'm serious. I just I like I couldn't believe he was telling me he used to do that. And I'm like, eh. and I was and talking to Sam Snyder, he goes, Oh yeah, I held him by the feet many times. <laughs> See, you gotta wonder how much tougher he'd have been if he didn't? Did he drink hard or? Yeah, you got to wonder how to much drink. tougher <laughs> some of them old timers like that would have been if they didn't smoke and drink. Right, but see the thing is, with what I've noticed from all these old timers, the ones that drank hard and didn't eat anything died. Ah, oh. the ones that ate, uh huh, they lived to be old. Hmm. I'm going to keep eating. You know, I mean, of course, I imagine everybody's different. But right. I mean, you got You can't just live on alcohol. No. You know, you got to eat food with it. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I know those guys are pretty good. <laughs> Old farts. Yeah, it's kind of getting whittled down to as far as Fairbanks old timers go. I mean, there's always another generation, yeah. obviously, of guys right. that have been doing stuff, but... Well, we might as well enjoy it while we can. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the truth. Because we're going to be socialists probably here before long. <laughs> Fuckers going to try to come take all of our guns. Uh, I lost all I can say is say win. Say win. Say win. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. Say win. Yeah. yeah, no, at least we're a little bit insulated from a lot of the bullshit that's right. going Here's on. Here's hoping. There's been enough of a... A migration of people to where it'll make you wonder, especially when you drive through Anchorage. Oh, that's well. I didn't tell you about the Karen. We, me and Steve, ran into this summer. The Karen, yeah, the liberal from California. There's a lot of freaking camped on Summit Lake boat launch on the boat launch. You didn't tell me about boat launch. (laughs) Yeah. We're coming back from Valdez, you know. Me and Steve have been down there a week on my boat, uh-huh. fishing for halibut and shrimp mm-hmm. and what have you, and having a good time. And I always, when I come back, I always back my boat into Summit Lake right there, and I fire it up. Because it's I, right on the edge. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And turn. I back it in there. I fire it up for a half hour or so, and I let it, fresh water rush, flush through it, you know, get it good and flushed out, let it reach normal operating mm-hmm, temperatures. Mm-hmm. Well, we pull up there, and there's this <clears throat> camper set, or not camper, but it's a it's a car. It's got this stupid liberal gay <laughs> floppy tent thing that flops out of uh-huh. it, you know, and California plates. And I'm like, Steve goes, "What? I said, They're camped on the boat you launch. You don't camp on the boat ground." Steve goes, "Well, what do we do now? We go back to packs?" I said, "Screw that." I said, Pull right in beside them. 
Back in the water. So it's a boat did. ramp. I mean, it's like one o'clock in the morning. It's a fucking boat ramp. <laughs> it's one o'clock. <laughs> it's one o'clock in the morning. And anyway, we back in there and fires bowed up and I'm sitting in the boat making me and Steve sandwiches while it's warming up and running, you know, and all of a sudden this gal, she comes out. And she's trying to talk to me. I'm like, ah, I just don't know. So finally I said, okay, it's nice and warm, everything got my sandwiches made. I turned the boat off and I motioned Steve to pull the boat up out of the water and he does it. She comes up to me and she goes, You are very rude. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You're very rude. Can't you see that we're camped here and probably in bed and asleep? I'm like, can't you see that you're camped on the boat launch, the only boat launch on this lake? <laughs> she goes, what? Well, oh, I can't remember what she said. Yeah. Anyway, she said, and I was trying to be polite, you know. <clears throat> And then I said, you know, ma'am, I said, this is Alaska. Yeah. I says, you know, we drive four or 500 miles to go fishing. And I says, we only got three days. I says, we do a lot of stuff in the middle of the night. Yeah. And uh, she goes, well, that's just wrong. You Get know, out of the fucking boat ramp. She goes, I live in Alaska, too. Don't I have rights? I says, you don't live in Alaska. You got California plates on your car. She goes, well, does that matter? I says, yes, it matters. <laughs> I said, if you don't want to be disturbed, don't camp on the boat launch. <laughs> and on me, she said, then she goes, you don't even love this country. I go, what does that have to do with I did, it? I just threw my hands up like that. She goes, that plastic your guys, your, your sandwich is in, that'll destroy this whole country. And I mean, she just went off. And I'm sitting there, and I, I probably, my eyes were probably big, and my mouth was probably open. And I was just like, uh, is this really happening? I'm thinking to myself. And she's just, I mean, she's freaking out, you know. And finally, I'm like, Ugh. she goes, can't your friend shut his pickup off? I'm like, well, I imagine he probably could if he wanted to. <laughs> He's just making a lot of noise and polluting the air. I'm like, go see if he will. <laughs> <laughs> So she actually went over there. Oh, my God. And Steve wouldn't roll down his window. She's sitting there going, <laughs> motioning, turn the key off, you know. <laughs> Finally, Steve turned the key off. And, was and this I, your diesel? No, it was his. He's got a, oh, gotcha. he, it was a 454. But anyway, and I <clears throat> hear her. Well, before this all happened. <laughs> I got the boat running, and I could hear her and her old man talking in the deal. She's like, you go out there and tell them. He goes, I ain't going out there. <laughs> and so she, you know, he sent her out there. Of course, you know, he's a liberal, too. You know. But, yeah, I was like, when we got back in the in the truck, me and Steve, me and Steve were sitting there contemplating on what just happened. I said, you know what we should do, Steve? He goes, what's that? So let's back this boat back in the water, 
take it off the trailer. And let's do figure eights out in front of the <laughs> Throw our lines oh, out in the water like we're fishing. Uh-huh. And just do figure eights right out in front of the boat launch oh, all night long. <laughs> he goes, man, if we didn't have to be home, I'd say let's do it. <laughs> but we got to be home. We only got another day. Oh, man. But, yeah, that was the Karen I ran into. The camping, I, I get real uncomfortable if it takes me longer than five or ten minutes to get the hell back out of the boat ramp. And these people are camped in it. They're camped right in the Jeez. middle of boat launch. Well, I think even this summer, because we talked, you know, I took the family down to Tangle Lakes. You know, which granted on the Fourth of July, like knew it was gonna. I knew it was gonna be bad. Didn't really have the understanding of how bad, right? Yeah, but I think we're talking about was ranting about boat launch etiquette. You know, get your shit, get it in the water, get your truck out of the way, and and, leave and leave. You know, but yeah, camping on the boat ramp. That's you're not from around here, are no. you? <laughs> the boat ramp's important. People got shit to do. I said if you would have camped anywhere else on a boat ramp, anywhere else in the country, you're, they'd have ran you off. Yeah. <laughs> but here we just back in beside you and try to take care of our business. Right. You know, it's like. Oh, there's some kooks, man. Well, that well, on that whole. Of course, then all the way home, me and Steve, we should have said this. We should have <laughs> done this. We should have. You know, you think of that. Yeah, you know, afterwards. it never well, comes. That's, when you need that's it. kind of a frill thing. I'm pretty slow. I'm pretty slow in the immediate. Which reminds me, I was going to tell because like we're good at we're good at coming up. We we can have a good idea for like a prank or something, and we can sit on it for a very long time. <laughs> It's got to marinate. But like in, in in the moment, it's no good. Like one time, the old man, which he's not here to defend himself, so um, he'll just have to share. I was in, I was in Home Depot where this is back when I was when I was actually working. Um, I was in Home Depot getting something or whatever. And I need or I need a new headlamp. I was bought them just for work, just some Energizer thirteen dollar headlamps. Well. The headlamp rack, they happen to have a Disney princess headlamp. <laughs> I said, and I was working with Dennis was, I don't think Dennis was turned out yet. I think he was still an apprentice. He was, so I was figuring I'd get him with it, but figured this will come in handy. I need to buy this. And I just had it in my truck for months. <laughs> and then one day we had to do these mantles out on Fort Wainwright. Um, uh, just, you know, finishing steam piping in these mantles. And we got called out, you know, it was, of course, an emergency, whole crew thing. And and dad goes out there, too, and, and he's digging around. Does anybody have an extra headlamp? <laughs> yes, I Yes, I do. <laughs> now that you mention it, Pop. <laughs> and he used it all day. <laughs> but, yeah, no, there's definitely some kooks. That story, well. And it reminds me, I feel bad now because I kind of sort of judged all Canadians based on the experience of a few a few kooks, you know, that were when I was going to college up here. They were like, ah, you guys leave your, your trucks running and all this, you know, still like, yeah, it's freaking 40 blowout. Or anyway, <laughs> that kind of stuff because I've grown to or come to learn that a lot of there's a lot of folks in Canada that are just like us. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, that's no doubt. Our, our friends south of the, just a little south of the border there. They're a little yeah. bit nicer and they say A they, a lot. They, they got their, like they us. got their kooks too, but uh, some weirdos down there too, but there's plenty of weirdos in Fairbanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ain't no doubt. Yep. Too many. Yeah, I got a couple of good buddies in Canada. Chetwin. 
Yeah, Chetland. Yeah, I drove through there. They're the ones once. I went sheep hunting with down there. With didn't get no sheep, but boy, we had a good time. What kind of sheep were you after in BC? Stone. Stone? Uh, I spent uh, I spent a weekend in northern British Columbia a uh, couple summers ago. I was helping the Swamp Runner crew get ready to go from the very lakes at the very head of the Yukon down to the ocean. So I was driving the truck from there to Fairbanks. But we chartered a boat on the lake, Atland Lake. The one papered charter guy, so we went charter fishing for lake trout. And he was an old hunting guy, hunting all, a lot of moose and caribou. And I was, so I was you know, trying, picking his brain, talking moose hunting. I asked him if he preferred cow calling or bull grunting for moose. And he goes, well, here's how an old timer explained it to me. And he was 70 some at the time, moved around his boat like a young man that had been fishing on the boat for 50 years. It was real cool to watch him work the boat he'd known for so long. He says to me, look, here's how an old timer explained it to me. Do you want to fight or? (laughs) I'm like, well. Well, I know what I want to do. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes the bulls want to fight me, and there was like that one that tore up that lady's van this fall. Oh, really? <laughs> just I didn't some see that. little bull just scraping and scratching on some oh, lady's cool. van. But uh, yeah, well, speaking of lake trout, yeah, Nick was Mr. Mookie was supposed to be here tonight. He bitched out, but. Uh, <laughs> Tell you what, yeah, we went ice fishing last weekend. We went fishing last weekend, and tell you what, that's a to watch a man in his passion like that, watching that when the, you know you get a fish marked, you know the intensity there. We always give him shit because he said he over several years. I said, oh, I hate fishing. You know, I hate, I hate fishing. fishing. Fuck fishing. <laughs> I don't want to go fishing. <laughs> Where'd you guys go? Oh, down down there in the Alaska Range. And uh, it was kind of, it was a slow day. We, uh, for Lakers? Yeah, for Lakers. He, he caught three and I caught, I caught one little one, you know, like four pounder or something like that. He caught, one of the ones he caught was about 15 pounds. Mm. They had pretty decent fish. Um, but it was fun. It's addicting getting into fishing for those, those lake trout. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to resist diving full into it. I didn't. I never have really got into ice fishing much. It depends. Didn't you about have your finger yanked off one time? Yeah, we were jigging down, a spoon. We were down at Crosswinds Lake. You been down, been down there all weekend, mm-hmm. three days fishing, hadn't had a bite in oh. three days, and I was all over that lake. Anyway, I had my little makeshift pole I put together. I had 80-pound Dacron on it, and I had like a 35-pound liter uh-huh. for, anyway, so I'm down there, and I, I'm laying in the hole. I got about eight feet of water underneath me, and I got my coat over my head. You know, it's springtime. You can see down in there. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm so bored. I haven't had a bite. You know, I got a cast master on there, and I'm down there, and I got that 80-pound Dacron <laughs> around my finger about three times. And I'm just jerking the lure around different directions, different ways, seeing how it looks, and playing with it. All of a sudden, this pig comes, wham, <laughs> grabs the thing, it takes off, I tore my finger off, snapped oh. that leader I had like it was 
spread. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I get up, I throw my fishing pole, and I kick my snow machine. <laughs> <laughs> I probably fished 20 hours that weekend. The only bite I had. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how big it was, but it was a, I mean, it was a big fish. Yeah. It was a pig, man. <laughs> and he didn't attack it slow, man. He hit her hard. <laughs> Boy. Well, it reminds like, yeah, stuff like two two winters ago fishing for pike. I had I had one up again. I had one that I thought got hung up on something, and I fought this thing for like 20 minutes, and it just... <laughs> you know and i get it back up and then it just wouldn't give anymore i thought i'd wrapped it on a log or something and finally i just i'm just gonna pull and you know but when it popped loose i could feel the hook rip through his mouth Uh, and the hook came flying out of the hole i had him up against the bottom of the ice he's had his nose cracked yeah something so yeah i mean i like wore this story out like this shit's not happening again <laughs> well last spring one of them days where i was down there and i i had made a gaff on like a broomstick that i could reach down the hole and treble or single a single yeah. just a big old halibut hook that i ground the barb off of that i could stick down there and grab you know get them mm-hmm. through the mouth to right. get them up the hole if they were stuck then i had one that just you know i mean we were catching like 15 like all of us are catching 15 pound pike i mean this was and this one was pulling harder and i mean i seen its body go across the bottom of the ice there you know the bottom of the hole i mean was a big pike Uh and i don't know if it just had wrapped once or something i couldn't get the head but you know i'm like grab the gaff you know and just went limp and lost that one too so that same area, my son Aiden caught one that was about as long as he was tall. Little asshole. He's fishing. He's like, "Hey, Dad, how about we, how about we switch sticks?" I'm like, "I ain't fine." That asshole. He caught a snag and whoop! Oh, Aiden, come over here. Come, come pull on this. And we got up. I, eesh. You know, it it wasn't forty, but it was damn big. It, little stink dad i got a snag here yeah that's fun well you were getting into like lot fit boat fishing for lake trout pretty yeah. hard there for a while wasn't you yeah i caught a couple pretty nice ones you jigging from the boat or trolling 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 yeah, pretty but, nice that one was what 36 pounds 36 or something pounds. like that Ooh. yep 10 pound test uh, probably double lot treble hooks. I mean, just or yeah. whatever they are, it's called small, tiny, tiny, tiny stainless mm-hmm. steel treble hook. Was trolling with a herring, mm-hmm. and I rigged it up so it'd spin like that. Did you cut it or clip it or through yeah. the gills? No, what I do with them is I just I make up a snell, double, uh-huh. double snell hook, and I hook one in the in the in the nose, you uh-huh. know, so I got him in the front. And then I pull the tail just a little bit and hook the other one in the back. Yeah. That way the tail's got a little crook. And these these are single hooks, right, you're talking yes. about? Yeah, okay. Yes, and then it'll make it spin. Yeah, we did the same thing, and charter patrolling <clears throat> for salmon. And then I hang a stinger. Stinger. About an inch and a half, two inches behind everything. Stinger. A tiny, tiny little treble hook. Oh. On a line about two inches behind. Uh-huh. 
behind the whole hook. Yeah, so if you don't get caught on the first two singles, the treble might right. get them. Okay. So we're trolling in, in Harding Lake on the south side. It's got a little ridge that comes out in the water there. We were, had crafts some fish there, so we're trolling back and forth. and We didn't have downriggers. But every time we go over there, it seemed like we'd snag on the bottom. You know, we'd hit bottom. And so we were coming back across it, and my pole just bent over, and the drag started going out the same speed as the boat was moving. Oh, man. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I'm snagged, mm-hmm. you know. So I grabbed it, and I gave it a tug to kind of hold it, and that thing took off. <laughs> <laughs> Only had 10-pound test. <laughs> it takes off and he's almost got me spooled by the time my buddy gets my boat turned around and we chase him over there to the west there to that deepest hole in the lake and he went straight to the bottom so i'm hoisting you know we're working getting him so i get him finally get him up underneath the boat i look off i mean i i can remember telling paul <clears throat> it's a king salmon size lake <laughs> trout man all i can see is those two big Fins with that white streak on yeah. about this far apart, you know. <laughs> and I had him by no more than a pencil lead width of a lip. Oh, with that little tiny treble hook. Uh huh. I mean, just like that. Yeah, I had him uh, by just barely by the lip. And he turned, took off for the bottom again. Oh, I loosened <clears throat> my drag up all the way, and I just barely held my thumb on it and just let him. All the way back down to the bottom. After I seen he was barely hooked. <laughs> yeah, you got like, real took gentle. Like, took like an hour and fifteen Ugh. minutes to get him back up to the top. Because I, I just tightened up the drag just enough where I could uh-huh. real line, and then I'd hold my thumb on the spool because uh, open face, uh-huh. and I'd slowly lift up. <laughs> and boy, if he'd take off, I'd just let off of it and let him go. Yeah. And I was a nervous wreck by uh, the time we got him yeah. up to the boat. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. Got him up there and got him. <laughs> Finally got him up to the boat. That last time he came up by the boat, he, he was done. He uh-huh. gave up. He just rolled on his side. I'm like, net him, net him. I ain't dead him. <laughs> I ain't going to be the one who loses your face. <laughs> I was getting pissed, man. Somebody scoop him up. <laughs> Finally, they scooped him out of there. But yeah, he was a dandy. Mm. But yeah, mm. when you're fishing for Lakers, fucking hang that little stinger about an inch and a half, two inches. Even if you're a lure, uh-huh. whatever. But it's got to be a tiny, tiny, tiny little stainless steel treble hook. Hang it off for about two inches. You'd be surprised Man, how many fish you catch on that, that. That makes so dang much sense. We lost a lot of salmon uh, charter fishing, trolling just like you're talking. But we had outriggers. <laughs> That if there'd been a stinger or something. I almost always put a stinger yeah. on, and you almost always catch them on the well, stinger. It reminds me like a old trick the old man used to, we used to do, and it works for grayling too, um, if you're fishing like, and if it's like a single hook fishery, you can yeah. just, like, I'd almost soon just have the hook on the fly, like cut the hook off the spinner, but like trail a fly behind yeah. a MEPS uh-huh. or a Castmaster or something. So like grayling and a lot of well, them little rainbows we'd fish down in Colorado, we you catch two of them a day or some shit. It's horrible fishing, but I caught two um, today. But you would uh, 
you a lot of times catch those fish. And I what I noticed around here is places that get fished hard, you'll catch the you'll catch grayling almost always on the fly. And places that don't like real remote, like you know, sheep they're all the over the range or something, they're all over the spinner. Yeah. But they see it so much here. Yeah. So they'll see it and they'll it'll attract them, but then they'll bite that fly. That makes sense. Like the old bead, beaded prince nymph. Mm-hmm. That's like a grayling. I mean, that's it's either that if they're sometimes I've had them where they only take dry flies. I don't know why we're talking. I'm talking about fly fishing when I'm, we're freaking several like months removed. From fly that. fishing, <laughs> fly fishing really turns my crank. That shit's fun. The problem is that I, I, I got, I always got so dang many kids with me. I can't. Yeah. I can't enjoy fish. it. Yeah, yeah. It's like nope. <laughs> spinners, spinners, spinners all around. I don't care. Anymore though, you know, the older I get, I don't give a shit if I kill anything else. I, the only reason, really, I hunt moose because I like to eat them. It's yeah. tasty. But I like to see that kid get, get out and get yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like to see the kids. I get more excitement out of seeing a kid go uh-huh. out and get something or catch a lynx or whatever than if I would have caught it. Yeah. You know, it's just I've killed so much shit in my life that <clears throat> I don't really give a shit if that's, I kill. That's like, you know, bear hunting and stuff. I know you guys are still young. You do your bear hunting. If I'm going to skin one of them stinking son of a bitches, it's going to be a big bear, or I am not pulling the trigger. Now, I'll skin one if Drew shoots one, and I'll let her shoot it, but it's going to have to be an exceptional animal for me to pull a trigger and get yeah. my knife out. So I'll shoot every bear I see, but I, get, <laughs> I, get, I got more excited for my son's first archery rabbit two or three years ago now than I, get for, than I got for the moose I shot last fall. It was just the coolest thing for that to freaking happen. It's, yeah, it's just fun. For me, it's yeah. fun. I mean, yeah. that's kind of, I kind of like guiding that way, too. You know, I, I enjoyed helping somebody get an animal, especially if they're good people. Yeah. yeah. Which, speaking of that, that was funny after, I think I told you after, um, a while after that last time, so I put one of the pictures up the sheep, and it was like, I mean, one of the pictures, I remember being in Grandma's house and all that, and get this email from dave peterson oh, yeah. he's like oh that's my sheep i killed you know that you had guided yeah. back in the day you guided him on several hunts yeah good old boy i think well he's still down in anchorage too yeah. said if ever we're ever down there give him a shout he's good people but uh yeah no it's same thing well jed getting he shot he shot a couple grouse last year i took him this year, and he shot well, shot one, and then promptly stepped on a wasp nest and got lit up bad. <laughs> I mean, it scared me when I because it was early in the morning, it was it was cool, and you know we'd sh- he'd shot that one, and they're kind of the rest of their spruce ends, the rest of them are kind of filtering through the trees, and let's go see if we can get a shot at another one, and then I you know hear this buzzing, and I'm like ah, oh, but it's like cold doesn't make sense and we get back on the trail and i look at him and he's just covered in wasps with his sweatshirt you know his hoodie and they hadn't stung him yet or he said something like god dad something stung me you know and i'm like oh i'm like all right stay calm (laughs) you know (laughs) managed to get most of them things knocked off him and ripped his sweatshirt off and threw it in the back and like picking through his hair and his to make sure that they're all, you know, he got stung good about five. It, he got stung was, four or five times on the head, but yeah, good thing it was cold. Good thing it was cold. We both would have been freaking <sighs> screaming them 
Duh, that just pisses. I hate those fucking things. Just pisses me. Oh, off. Yeah. Pisses me off. It's not like you know a bear getting into your stuff or being an asshole. You can just shoot them and be over, be done with it. You know. You can there's shoot some, a hornet's nest, but I don't know yeah, what good is going to come from it. It's not a good thing to do, shoot a hornet's nest. Hey, I've shot a lot of them. It's fun. Get the 12-gauge out. Number nines in it. I've, <laughs> I've seen it. It is satisfying. Was that, <laughs> you know, that the, 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 the 410 shell taped onto the end of your red right? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, me and Jerry did it over at his house. He's like, he had that wasp nest. How am I going to get that rid of that thing? I said, let's get 12 gauge out get rid of it <laughs> that sounds like a good idea <laughs> it worked man i oh. mean we vaporized that wasp nest i mean oh, vaporized no, yeah it. number nines or something <laughs> like that yeah you get just far enough away the spread will cover the whole thing oh yeah it vaporized it <laughs> yeah aiden got his first grouse this fall nice yeah he he shot a handful of them it was pretty damn cool it should have happened when we were out moose hunting but the little asshole, he, he flushed it up into a tree and then kept walking at it. And I'm like, shoot it. Shoot it now. Shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're... We, He's just a kid, Temple. <laughs> well, <sighs> so we're we're walking around uh, hunting grouse back here. And you know, he we're walking at this particular one. I'm like, don't shoot it yet. Keep walking. Keep walking. <laughs> Off to the sides. I'm like... <gasps> that one because it was closer <laughs> like this one shoot it now shoot shoot and he li- finally listened to me knocks it right out the damn tree it was damn yeah. satisfying. <clears throat> it's not going to be too much longer before so i'm just trying to take advantage of this while i got it because before long i'm not going to be i'm not going to be pulling very many more triggers <laughs> <laughs> i'm so i aiden aiden this was his first year on the long hunt he'll he'll get to if it had been perfect, we'd have let him do the shooting, right? If it was, if we were on the beach, and the caribou or the moose was on the beach, completely static, able to get him some shooting forks, we'd have let him shoot it. It wasn't that way. I ended up shooting it from a floating boat. So anyway, but I'm excited for him to be to where he can use the rifle because I'm just oh, yeah. going to bring my bow. Yeah. Yeah, my little girl got her moose this year. Drew. Yeah. Fifteen. Hmm was pretty impressive, too, because she, uh, we're up there in stand. I called it in, and it's coming across there, and it's starting to get dark on us, and it doesn't want seem to want to come any closer. Were you were yeah. you bull grunting or cow calling? <laughs> <laughs> both. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to push all the buttons right here. Yeah, both. Yeah. But uh, she was up there in our stand, and we got shooting sticks set up in that stand so i mean you can get a rock solid. and somebody went in there and like refurbished that tree stand yeah a year or two ago and i had to redo the there. shooting sticks so mm-hmm. oh yeah sticks all broke off i had to redo those but anyway so you can get a rock solid rest and uh she's a pretty good shot and i told her i says okay now be calm mm-hmm. and i should have told her to hold you know just below the top of his back but i wasn't thinking clearly well, you get excited. There's a ways off. Huh? Anyway, I told her uh, it's 320 yards. Uh-huh. So I told her, okay, Rio. I says, you know, get calm, take a shot, shoot him. And so she boom! And he just kind of took off, you know, 
Right, but I could see his opposite side leg. Broke. Flopping, yeah. And she grazed him right across the brisket. Oh. Boom, busted that leg. I said, well, you got him. I said, shoot him again. She had one of those Ruger, I got her one of those Ruger Americans. Mm-hmm. Plastic clip piece of crap. So, someone else was telling me that they had one of those and had were having issues with the magazine, too. Like, not wanting to feed oh, right. Oh, you should look on YouTube, man. Damn. There's lots of, I huh. mean, everybody's having problems with them. Ruger ought to rectify that shit. Well, I called Ruger. This has mm. been September when I first, after right after it happened, I called him and I bitched him out. Uh-huh. And I told him, I said, this is a crock of crap. I says, you know, if, if that moose would have charged us and that was the only gun, we wouldn't fight because you couldn't get another bullet in it the hell? out of that clip. And uh, so they said, well, they were going to take care of it. They're going to send me a uh, a drop load magazine just to get rid of the clip. Yeah. So it's like it should be where you load them through the bridge. Okay, good. From the top. You know, okay, that was September. It'll be there in three to five days. Been about three weeks. I think mm. I called back. So he hey, said three to five days. Well, COVID, you know. But okay, we'll give you another one. You know, we're okay. Okay, we're gonna send it. It'll be should be there in three to five days. Here's your confirmation number. And that was I waited like three weeks, and then just here was it last Monday. Last Monday, I called up. I says. You know, what's the deal with my... Yeah, still what? ain't here. So, oh, we're sorry. It's, you know, this COVID's got everything. We're all backed up. I says, this thing's been on order since September. And they're, they're going to send it to me free, they say. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said, well, you know, I said, I'll tell you this much. I have a lot of Ruger firearms. And if you guys don't honor this, I will never buy another Ruger as long as I live. And I'll tell everybody else that I know it's the same thing. Uh-huh. I'll post it on social media. No, sir, we're, we're going to take care of it. It was just this COVID thing. So they said Monday, three to five days. Tomorrow's five days. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. It ticks me off, but that's yeah. what it needs. I mean, I really like that Ruger American. That's a sweet yeah. little rifle. Yeah. But boy, those plastic clips are a piece of crap. No. Well, talk to me. I might be able to go through a couple channels. I got a rear sight for that in about a week. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's supposed to be here. Yeah, just let me know. But okay. no, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, someone else had, had I remember that story came up because someone else had uh, mentioned that they were having issues with the magazine on that rifle. I think they're good, they're good shooting rifles. Oh, well, yeah, it seems to be a good shooting rifle. But, I mean, I even took the clip out. And I had to carve the sides out of the clip because it wouldn't let the bullet pop up. Hmm. It's too narrow. And so I carved it out to where the bullet would pop up. But then you go to try to rack one in, you put the first one in fine. You go to get the second one, and it wouldn't push the bullet up. What the mm. crap? Weird. So I had to take the <clears throat> clip apart and twist the spring one more time and put it back there. Get a little bit more Fuck strength. the clip up. Huh. I ruined the clip doing it. Ruger sent me another clip. Well, the first time I called them, they just sent me another clip. And so I worked on it, and I finally got it to where it would feed in the house. Uh-huh. And then we took it out there to the stand, and I think the cold weather shrunk that plastic a little uh-huh. bit. Wouldn't feed anymore. Yeah. So, so grazed it across the brisket, broke the offside leg. 
Yeah, so I said, well, you know, he's not going to go anywhere. The moose are sissies, in my opinion. Just leave him alone for a little while. So we went back to the truck, got the knife, saws all and all that. Headed out over there. Of course, water's waist deep. Oh. And uh, we get out there to where he went in the trees. And I hear he takes off and he gets out in the opening there and he's standing in the water. And you can just barely see him because it is dark. And the fog, steam coming up off that water. Uh-huh. And Andrew's like, man, I can't see through my scope. I can't see through my scope. I can't see through my scope. So I'm trying to wipe it. He's just standing there, you know. Trying to wipe it. I can't see through my scope. So I tricycle. So I look through my. I can't see through my scope either. Uh. And I'm cleaning it off, cleaning it off, cleaning it off, trying to see, trying to see. And finally, I get up there and I can just see the dark figure. So I ended up having to shoot it. I didn't want to, but it dropped. And of course, it dropped four feet of water. Oh, for fuck's sake! We're out there till midnight standing in waist-deep water cleaning this thing, you know. And, I mean, she's right in there with me. And I was so impressed. It took us, with all that water and four-wheeler problems we had, it took us two days to get that moose out. It's not very far from the road. (laughs) It took us two days to get it out. I mean, we were wet up to our ass the whole time. And she never complained one Fantastic. Time. Oh, Not one time did she complain or whine or say I'm cold or anything. She was right there. I mean, I needed her to grab a windpipe. She grabbed yep. a windpipe. She's sitting there holding the saws all in one hand, a windpipe in the <laughs> other. And I'm down in there, you know, yeah. this much water trying to oh. get those lungs cut loose from the back of the bone. Yeah. Misery. What caliber rifle? Hot six. Hot six. Yeah, she never complained one time. And I mean, it was That's tough. Impressive. It was it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was the most difficult moose I've ever taken out of there, and I've taken a lot of moose out of that area. That f- one Pacific spot. Yeah. And and it was it was tough. Yeah. No, normally it's not that not too big of a deal no, to get normal, them out of there. Normally you go out there hunting in the morning, shoot your moose, you're back by noon with it hung up. Or earlier. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, it was, there was a lot of water, man. That's yeah, even more water than when I shot that one out there years, I've never, years ago. I've never seen this much water huh. out there. Never. I had to go clear. I had to follow the edge of the trees all the way around that Jeez. field. <laughs> That's pretty bad because normally you way. could just walk right across. And then I had to jump up into the heads to get, because I couldn't. Once you got to the other side, you couldn't parallel like we always do. Yeah. You had to go up in the brush to even get through there. That's rough. But uh, I tried to just shoot mine on the riverbank. Well, I, I'm, I won't shoot a moose if I can't, don't think I can drive the four-wheeler right beside it. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, it's hard to control where they walk to after you. Well, normally you. they don't go very far. I mean. No. But, I had one fall into the river once. And yeah. fell down. What a moose rope. That sucks. It was terrible. I had a chainsaw winch when it happened to me. Yeah? That was nice. I, <laughs> well, that one, that one moose that Bradley, Bradley shot. It was half in the river. He come alonged it up mm. onto the bank, though. I think I think we right. got it all the way out of the water. I think we did, too. I had a rope along, and I, I had to take the anchor line off my boat to reach a good anchor. But we got him out of the water, and... 
Yeah, I hate dropping those things in the water. Uh, Tyler you, knows you all about that. You never forget it once you do. Uh, didn't didn't that fisherman guy Nick have a way where it was easier to do it in the water? He was going to explain that to us sometime. Oh, maybe he needs to explain it to us. Yeah, I know that all that one out on the wall out there. The first one I ever killed, he ended up dropping it about hip deep water and. Almost top of hip boots water, and Jeez. Jerry and, and the old man were there, and I can't remember which one of them looked over and said, you know what our old man would tell us right now? <laughs> He'd us right now. Said <laughs> Moose fell over and started kicking and splashing water everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that one was a little rough, too, but we got our, got it out. That that cold water, surprisingly, yeah, it... uh. Because all we did with, well, with mine, with more hands to work on it, we got, we didn't even skin it, gutted it and got the quarters cut out, cut off. And just, I drug the quarters up out of the water and had to just kind of mm-hmm. flop them there. Uh-huh. Um, and that one, like, you know, I talked to you and you said, you know, you, you get the guts out and it's completely submerged. It's not going to go bad. That one yeah. true shot, dude, it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of nice being that late at night so we didn't have to get the hide off of it. Yeah. It was actually kind of nice that it was in the water because, I mean, it cooled off. Yeah. There was no sour smell under that skin when we skinned it at all. None whatsoever. Well, yeah. it's, it's been a good eating moose. I've never seen so much fat on a moose. Oh, the ones we killed, too, had, I mean, like fat four or five inches thick on their on their ass and just mm-hmm. in their guts. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Me and Frank were joking, like, oh, Temple would be saving all this stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of things just, I'd save. Just, like, big gobs of uh, fat in the guts. I mean, you could have oh, yeah. filled up 10-gallon, two five-gallon buckets full of I fat out of the guts. I keep meaning to bring a bucket. Yeah, just, I keep meaning to bring a bucket just for gut fat to try it, but I haven't done it. We're talking about a guy that eats salmon eggs with milk like it's cereal. That was not so. what it was. It was smoked <laughs> salmon eggs with mayonnaise and uh, 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 and garlic salt. You nasty oh. bastard. <laughs> You're fantastic on crackers, man. It was a wonderful snack. If you say so. I'll take oh. your word for it. I'll take your word Fish uh, egg soup, you never I, saw that before? I've tried yeah. caviar made out of, uh, the Russian gal made out of... Uh, uh, sockeye salmon from China. Yeah. So I've I've <laughs> I've eaten salmon roe prepared in ways that I'd rather not eat it, and then I've eaten it in ways where I can't get enough of it. There's, well, they there's say it's good for you. I mean, uh, I yeah, bears like it. I yeah. like it. We the last last uh, the last ones we did we brined and smoked and canned, and that was what was in the picture he's talking about. Looked oh. like milk and cereal. I do have to admit, though, I did finally buy one of them instant pots. Oh, man, it's wonderful. It's going to take a little bit of, I mean, we well, we cooked chicken in it and cooked a moose roast the other night. The roast turned out a little, seems like stuff doesn't taste, like I need to get the taste down. It's it's like a, a what are you talking about? A instant pot. It's the electric them? pressure cooker. Oh, I've seen them at, yeah. on the shelves in yeah. the store. Yeah. So it's mean, a timing like, thing. It's a timing and prep thing. Uh, uh, like how long to cook? I don't it. have any time, and I don't want to do any prep. <laughs> well, so what I mean is like how long you cook it, depending yeah. on if it's thawed or frozen. Yeah, and and what all spices you throw in there in the water. If you cook it on the rack out of the water, if you cook it in the water. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I'll get it. I'm sure I'll get it dialed in. It, but uh, you, yeah. I mean, it's like it's it is pretty cool because you could throw just throw a moose roast in there a and frozen cook brick it. moose roast and i don't know i didn't do one yeah i did i thought it out but we've we've done it both ways how we've, long does it because it took like 30 minutes or something like that to cook a oh, moose really? to, to cook a moose roast where it's just like falling apart yeah no you, shit probably yeah. double it for if if it's frozen just like an hour yeah and then yeah, I might get you know one of those. and then like the last you know, you you let that dude knock the pressure loose, mm-hmm. throw some carrots in there, yep. potatoes, oh. for ten, put it on high pressure for ten minutes, and then it perf like it's just like you had it in a crock pot for all day. Yeah, really, I'm gonna have to give you so one that of those. Bra- the braising like you want to cook a roast all day until it falls apart. You can do it in a half an hour in the instant pot instead. That's pretty oh. cool. It is cool. Probably, I bet you if you brined your roast before you yeah. put it in there, it'd probably be. Probably would maybe yeah. no. I mean, I lit like literally like just bought it the other day. So. Yeah, you'll fool around with it. You'll find, man, you'll you'll make yourself like that. You'll figure it out. Well, guys, I better yeah. go home. Yeah, yeah, that's probably about time anyway. But uh, this old farts, it's, <laughs> it's like. 10 to 8. 13 minutes to my bedtime. You probably actually got <laughs> You probably actually got to get up and work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I get up at 4 o'clock every morning. Oh, I've geez. been trying to get... I try to get up at 5.30, usually hit the snooze a few times, get up at 6, just for the fact I, I feel like I waste the day if I get up after 6.30 or 7 o'clock, but... Uh, mm. One time um, I called up Tyler like 4.30 in the morning just because <laughs> I was up. <laughs> oh, what up? Oh, yeah. I hope he's got his phone by the... <laughs> oh, hey, are you up? I am now. <laughs> yeah. like, anyway, um, yeah, we'll lock this up. Uh, yeah, thanks, for guys, for coming over. And uh, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, appreciate it if you leave a good review or on iTunes, whatever platform you listen on. If you have a uh, any comments or questions or good chit-your-pants stories, <laughs> send them to uh, podcast at tundratalkak.com. Thanks.